Hi, John Panos, John McGrath, million dollar agent. John, you always smile when I say You love that bit. Every time. It's my favourite part of the week, Tom. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm prepared to do? I'm prepared uh, Monday to Friday for uh, 100 bucks a morning. I'll come in here as you walk in and say it. Uh, just it ring me every morning on the way to work. I'd love that. All righty, John, we're going to talk about uh, the other agent is cheaper. We want to list with you. Please cut your fee. Fee negotiation. And it's a subject that comes up at every listing presentation. We've spoken about it many times before. So let's get on to it. John, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say discounting commission and real estate? Yeah, look, it's a great it's a great topic and it's one that impacts all of us everywhere. I've never come across an agent or a marketplace that haven't said that dealing with fee discounting um, is an issue. So it's probably going to affect every single listener to some degree. First thing I think, Tom, is you've actually got to believe in the value you add. And I think one of the problems with people that do discount is they actually don't believe they're any better than the rest and they're adding any substantial value that anyone else can't. So it's kind of out of guilt and out of, well, I understand why I should be one or one and a half percent because I'm no better than the rest. So the first thing I think you need to make sure that you are providing better value, you are the best agent, and therefore you deserve to be paid a fair fee. I think that's where the starting point comes because when you believe passionately in something, it's very easy to sell it because you've got the belief in place. So that's the first thing for me. The second thing to understand from my perspective is um, this is a bigger deal in agents' eyes than vendors. You must recognise that vendors almost feel it's part of their, um, um, you know, what they have to be doing is to ask will you do it at a better rate? So, Tom, you know, I like your presentation and it kind of looks like we could work together, but 2.5% is your fee and I can get it elsewhere at 1.5%. you just got to understand that that's a question they feel compelled to ask. That doesn't mean that if you don't discount, you're not going to get the business. In fact, what I've found is in 99% of the times, at the point they're trying to negotiate fee, they've already chosen you. They just want to see if they can get a better deal which you understand. You would do it if you're buying a car or putting a pool in or whatever your service is. Um, I so, mean, John, generally, I wouldn't be asking the question, if whatever product or service, unless I'm actually buying that thing 100%. Correct. Why shop around for price if you're not, but you don't waste people's time. So as an agent, you should, A, believe in the service, the value add. B is don't panic when people ask it. Expect that that's a normal part of what they ask. And C is don't think that unless you discount, you're going to get... Uh, you're going to lose the business because I don't think that's the case. Occasionally you will. There are some price shoppers that unless you're the cheapest, they won't go with you. That You've got to decide if you want that kind of business. Um, Ken Jacobs is a, is a good friend of mine and used to work with us. He's now the uh, head of Christie's. I think it's the head of Christie's in, in Australia or in Sydney. And Ken's average sale price would be you know, 10 or $20 million. He only deals in top-end stuff. And he never go, negotiates a cent off 2%. And I know that because I've worked with him for a long, long time. And, and his view is that he would not disrespect all the clients over the years that have used him and paid 2% by negotiating down the track and giving someone a discount. He'd rather have given everyone a discount or no one. So I've seen him and I've been in there. I've had to bite my tongue. We're sitting there in a lounge room and the vendor of a $25 million home is saying, well, Ken, 2% sounds a lot of money. When you make it as a fee, that's half a million dollars. How about we make it 250 yeah. which is still a lot of money. And Ken will just look at them and he say, I just can't do that. And he's very calm and he's not aggressive and he believes in it and he gets the, he gets the business and he gets the percentage. John, I think uh, on that first point that you said, when you believe it, 
you actually still think that vendor is better off with you? Because if you've got a belief that you are better, you don't feel like that vendor is losing out. You actually feel that you, you might be half percent dearer, but you're probably five percent better in price getting. So getting a higher price means yeah. that you're actually still doing that vendor a favour by them going with you. So, a hundred percent, Tom. I mean, I, I I went into every listing with a view, and this is not an arrogant statement. That's not my style or who I am, or, but I, I I knew that I was focused. I had great resources and tools at my disposal. I knew I worked hard. I knew I was honest. I knew I cared. Therefore. I knew that if someone didn't hire me, it would actually not be in their best interests. So from that point of view is I could, I could really sell hard, close hard, connect hard, and get the business knowing that it was actually in their best interest. Yeah. Same with the fee discount. I knew that me at 2.5% was much better than the second best at 1.5%. Because the average sale price back in those days, you know, when I was probably selling more, was maybe six or 700000 1% differential is $6,000. If I couldn't get 6000 through my marketing, my negotiating, my auctioneering, and a whole range of things, in fact, I used to think I could get 5 to 10% better than most people, and I could demonstrate that very easily through, through case studies. So I think for me, at the end of the day, if you believe it, if you know you're good, if you're calm about it, and, and you stick to your guns, you will get a fair, fair fee. And I think for mo in most markets, you know, that's generally between 2 and 3%. Whereas in those same markets where two to three percent is generally a fair fee, you, there's always people doing it at one half or one and a half percent. Um, it, it's it's a merry-go-round you can't get off. Yeah. Because you think most agents they get a lot of their business from repeat and referral. So number one is the person's referring them. They'll always say, "How much will Tom do it for?" Yeah. So you start doing one and one and a half. That becomes you, the addiction that the market gets addicted to. The other thing is when they say to you, well, you know, what's the best deal you do it for? You can't look them in the eyes and say two and a half. If you've just done one down the road for one and a half, yeah. A is it lacks integrity, and I'm hoping that every listener's got our message around integrity. Yeah. Um, and B is it's going to be very easy for them to catch you out. They'll ask the neighbour, knock on the door, you know, I hope you don't mind me asking, what's the experience with Tom like? Is he expensive? Is he more expensive than the other agents? And then all of a sudden, you know, it's a, it's a mess. So I think you're much cleaner saying my fees... Two and a half to three percent for repeat and referral clients. Those clients that, that have sold for me a number of times over the years, I'm prepared to discount that to a two percent. But that's it. That's where it stops. Okay. So, John, um, you make some very valid points, and that is, if you get on that merry-go-round and you start setting a precedence both in your mind and in the marketplace, what you're essentially doing is beginning the race to the bottom. Because if you turn around and say, yes, I'll do 1.75, and then they come in and say, oh, we'll do 1.7, you say, oh, hang on, but if I do it at 1.6, will you still go with me? And eventually you begin a cycle, um, which is it's going to be who is the fastest to the bottom. And that's only going to be bad for the industry, but it's also bad for the vendors, because the minute you start cutting on the fee that you're getting, you're cutting on the process and the Correct. service levels that you're doing. And ultimately, it's the... Uh, the consumer that loses out. You see that in a lot of industries. When they start to cut corners, the quality of the products that they use starts to uh, uh, deteriorate. Oh, 100%, Tom. And if I can, you know, maybe as we kind of wrap, wrap up this topic, because it's an important one, but I know people have got to get on with their days, you know, there's a couple of quick little tips that I would like to leave, um, in addition to the stuff that we've already spoken about. Um, Number one is I say to people when they say, well, they're one and a half, and let's say, for example, I'm two and a half, and I'm not suggesting any figures, 21, you've got to come up with what is your fair fee, but assuming 
for a lot of us, and maybe it's two and a half. I'll then ask the question, I'll say, Tom, if we were both at the same fee, who would you choose? Just a simple piece of dialogue in it, and it focuses them. Now, I know the answer is going to be me, because yeah. that's why we're having a discussion, as yeah. we just mentioned. And they probably say it. We picked So you. they'll say, yeah, but John, you're not at the right, it's at the same fee. No, I understand that, Tom, but if we were, who would you pick? I'd pick you, John. Great. So could you tell me why? And then you would start saying, well, you know, we like your magazine and we like your website and we heard from your neighbours are good. And in a sense, that makes my job easier. And, and at the end of that, I can say something and you've got to choose your own words. But, you know, Tom, all that comes at a price. If I was doing deals at one and a half percent, all those things you like, they would not be possible. So I really need to stand, stand on my fee scale because that allows me to give you the service or my previous customers and all my future customers a service. So that's number one. Number two is then I try and, generally speaking, and the exception is the Ken Jacobs example because it's a different situation, but I try and break it down to a dollar. So, you know, Tom, your home we're thinking is six to seven hundred thousand. Let's take the top end seven hundred thousand, and I'm two and a half percent. Someone's one and a half percent. So we're talking about really, aren't we, a seven thousand dollar differential? My view is if. I can't prove to you, and if you don't believe that I'm capable of extracting at least 7,000 more out of the market than the second or third best options, I really think you should probably consider going with them. My view is I think I can get you 5 to 10% more than anyone else because of all the reasons we've discussed and all the very kind things you just told me about why you'd hire me. But, you know, if you don't think I can, maybe the second best agent or the lowest tender are the right agent for you. So again, it focuses, and it's not arrogant, it's not tricky, it's not smoke and mirrors, but that's real. Because if you're sitting there and thinking, well, I think with all John's skills and experience and contacts and database and whatever are the things that you as an agent are selling, I reckon you can probably get me 5% more at least. Then the $7,000 differentials is kind of insignificant. Mm. So you've got to focus people in on the stuff that's important, because these are things they haven't thought about. When you say, oh, someone's two and a half and I'm one and a half, it kind of almost sounds like quite a bit of money until you break it down to, well, we're talking about a few thousand dollars here. You're going to be doing it once a decade, sell your property. This is an expensive, this is a $700,000 asset. Don't you think it's worthwhile investing a little bit more to get the agent of choice rather than going to a discount agent just because they're a discount? Yeah. So, and that, that focuses people. And I can tell you that if, if you take that approach and if you have that belief and you've utilised some of those bits of dialogue, this problem kind of goes away and you realise, and I've had agents that have joined us from other companies that have, that have been in a low environment in terms of the low fee environment, they come here and I have this very same conversation and they ring me up and they say, I can't believe I went to two listing presentations, I, I got them both and I got them at full fee, I'd have never done that in my life. And John, you know, to be honest, they just asked me for my fee and I told them and they said, do I discount? I said no and they signed up, like magic. Yeah. So you'll be surprised how many people, this is not a big deal in the market for vendors, this is a big deal for agents. Alrighty, John, that was excellent. I think in future podcasts over the next uh, six months or so, we might touch on this subject again. It's mm. an important subject. It can have a huge impact on your total income at the end of the year as an agent. But in summary, believe in yourself first, pick you before they pick you. If you're not backing yourself, the second thing that I got out of this conversation, John, is that... Uh, Vendors pay a commission, but it's value that they get. If you're able to articulate the value that you bring to the table, 
um, a few extra thousand dollars in commissions, not much. And as we've said before, John, the cheapest agent is in fact the one that gets you the best price. And it's never the best agent, believe me, it's never the... And just in closing that, Tom, I, mean, I loved your point there about adding value because if I'm buying a red Corolla right today, it kind of doesn't matter where I buy it from because it's the same product everywhere. It's a commodity. If I'm selling a property, there is a vast difference between the best and the worst and the best and the second best and the second best and the fourth best because this is a skill that's built up and there's resources and tools that support that skill and, and an agent on their game can deliver 10% more value. This is not a red Corolla commodity. Yeah. So remember that. as you, I love that phrase, pick you before they pick you. Um, sell yourself on it and uh, you know, give us your feedback. Have Tell we, us... John, I can't help it, but the way you articulated that, 10% more on a house, 800,000, let's assume our listeners' medium price range out there, that's 80 grand, tax-free, which means you've got to earn 160 at yep. work. This is a big deal over Huge. the agent you pick. Huge, and when you talk to vendors like that, if it is their home and it's capital gains-free, you just say to them, if I can extract another 5%, that's $40,000 tax-free, okay, you pay me a few thousand dollars extra, but that seems like a pretty good investment to me. You tell me, does that, if it feels like a good investment for you, let's do business. If you don't think that I can extract more, I respect the fact that you will go to the second best agent or the lowest tender, I know I respect that. And I really do, because I do know that not everyone on the planet um, you know, believes in what we're saying. There are some people that think all agents are the same, just get me the cheapest one. That's not the kind of customer I want to do business with, yeah. but I respect that they, that's their view, and if I can't change it, well, then they can move on. But I think you're right. Let's, let's keep talking about it throughout the year. Okay. You've seen the theme of our podcast over the last few weeks. Calm, detachment, not needy, not desperate, transparency, doing the right thing for the consumer. John, until next time, have a great week to all our listeners. Thanks, Tom. See you.